listening to the Cannabis Agenda, your weekly source for cannabis-related news and informed discussion. We podcast for an hour every Monday covering topics related to cannabis legalization, medical marijuana, and market-related information. You can follow online with us at CannabisAgenda.com. And now, your hosts, Jamie Cass and Todd Green. <laughs> Happy Memorial Day, everybody. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's like yeah. A, it's contradiction in terms, isn't it? Yeah. Well, that thing's going on forever. It is going on. <laughs> yeah, dang. It's just a, that was the jammed out version. <laughs> yeah, happy Memorial Day, everybody. Uh, May 31st, almost summertime. I'm excited. We had some nice weather around here the last few days, and it just kind of went to crap today. How's it up there, Matt? Uh, it's kind of crappy. Crappy, yeah. Cast. Yeah. Rained last but night. Not as it was nice. It was nice while you were gone, and then I guess the first two days you were here. Now we're back to that Northern California funk. Awesome. Funk. Yeah, you know, but here eventually it like stops raining, and then it doesn't rain for like four months. So that's nice, but man, nice I need to get somewhere warm here soon. You know, I, it's just driving me. I mean, little batty. You should go to little Illinois. Illinois. It's very warm in Illinois. <laughs> you got the AC going? I do. I, do. Oh. I didn't until just about a half an hour ago, and I said, you know what? Yeah, it's time to click this on because I'll be doing the show like like this. <gasps> you know, and that might impede it, our you know, viewers or listeners' pleasure. And peeing and having trouble breathing <laughs> sucks, dude. My that son's sucks been, from the get-go, yeah. Yeah, dude. You don't want any of that kind of crap. My son's been having a funky asthma-ish really? thing the last, yeah, the last week. It blows, dude. It's only 19 months, so it could be like from a virus or from something. But uh, I'm just kind of keeping my fingers crossed. He's got a little bumpy road going on lately, doesn't he? Getting sick, all this different stuff popping up. I did that when I was a kid. And so maybe, what you know what's really happening here is he's intelligently building an amazing uh, defense system. Yeah, yeah, that's what uh, that's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> that's what I'm hoping for. That's definitely what I'm hoping for. Well, there, it seems like uh, back to the cannabis world. Uh, there's been a lot of lot of different news going on in the last week since our last show. Um, it looks like we're going to start off in the land of fruit, nuts, and beautiful giant nuggets. Uh, Matt, you got a story for us to start the day off, don't you? Yeah, I do. It's uh, an interesting story out of the Oakland area. It seems that um, the, uh, the medical marijuana industry is being further legitimized by um, some workers at three medical marijuana businesses uh, deciding to form a union. Or they're actually joining um, an existing unit, I believe. Um, like a food workers union. Yeah, the, or the United sort. Food and Commercial Workers Union Local Number Five. And will that they, will they be joining that union, or will they be creating a specific offshoot of that union? The way I read this, and I have to admit I read it pretty quickly, is that they're joining the uh, they're joining the food workers union. Okay. Uh, and it's about 100 people, 100 um, members, workers at the dispensaries who are going to be joining this union. Yeah, interesting. Well, so <clears throat> there's only four dispensaries in in uh, in uh, Oakland. That's all they've got. They 
limited to that. They're big, they're huge. You go, it's like being in a line for a roller coaster when you're, when you're patient waiting there, you know, like serious line, very, very big, very busy. Um, like for instance, Harborside in Oakland, like you go and there's at least 10 different bud tenders working the counter there. So, um, pretty pretty big, you know, and, uh, yeah. Um, crazy they're going to be starting a union huh i wonder yeah, what that's i wonder awesome. i wonder if it's because there is currently something wrong or if they are just looking to the future to have someone to have their back when you know something when there is something that needs to be negotiated or if this is the union seeking them out what do you what do you guys think oh man it's uh it's interesting. I never would have guessed that this would be happening right now. I mean, I come from my my uh, family. Is, there's a lot of union people in my family, you know, so the whole union shtick, sh- I guess you call it, <laughs> has been kind of in my face my whole life. And, you know, I've grown to respect that if it's done right, you know, what a union is about. So, you know, I, I don't know, being really aware of the cannabis movements and, and the things involved, you know, the the – human activity around cannabis in this nation and uh, knowing about unions, I never would have guessed that they would have, you know, cannabis workers that are, I don't know. I read, I read an article about this as well. And it said that they, they looked at this as one of the most prominent things that's happened to within the cannibal cannabis uh, reform movement in like a long time, if not ever. Because it legitimizes it more or because yeah, the workers need mainstream. a union? What do you think? Uh, well, I think it would be the former. In my opinion, I believe it would certainly be the former because, yeah. you know, it's, it's saying, hey, look, this, that is, that's already legit. I mean, that's as legit as you get. That's you know, certification that says, look, man, this guy's professionally skilled to do this or, you know, this person, whatever. And, uh, yeah, I think that's amazing to me. That's big. That's big news. I'm happy. I'm stoked. How do? You, what do you think about it? Do you think it's a good thing? Or I, I, I do. I do. I just wonder what it is that's created. Uh, you know, if it's just another thing that that people are doing to try and legitimize the industry. If the seeping you know, into if, the mainstream. That's. that's right, I wonder it. if the I wonder <laughs> if the employers push them to do this, or if they did it. Um, out of desire from an activist perspective or if there's a need as far as i can see there's not a need i mean they currently i know the i I have some insider knowledge uh in oakland specifically where this union is occurring they get paid pretty good they start out at like 13 bucks an hour and they get benefits quickly and they get to medicate at work um and they get like a free gram of medicine a day some of those places give their employees like a free gram every day so um I don't know that there's anything for the union to really work on with them currently, but uh, I'm sure something will come up in the future. So I guess, I guess, you know, it is more of an activist sort of thing and more of another step to legitimize medical marijuana. And like you you were saying, I think, I think the owners of some of these establishments are probably on board. I'm sure. Because I mean, as far as, you know, the, the sense, I mean, in this industry, you will find, just like any industry, you'll find the, the predatory capitalists that'll take advantage of their employees, and every grower, and every, they'll try to, to, you know, be selfish and hoard every penny. And then you find those that are more about 
they, they want a successful business, but not at the expense of people. And they want to further the agenda of marijuana and, 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 you know, and help the movement. So, um, yeah, I, w- I would suspect that this is a this is a good thing. There's nothing seriously wrong going on where the union the, the union needs to clean up immediately, and it's just another tool of legitimization. And, and uh, I'm uh, I'm all for it. Um, it's interesting because I know a lot of growers who talk about unionizing, and then it's like, well, oh, pro- dude, I would just love to be a a union trimmer. I'm a union trimmer. I never thought I would say I wanted to intentionally just I want to be a trimmer, but. Well, great. if you're if here's the deal though, if you're a union trimmer or a union grower, don't you have to work for Trimming. somebody? Don't you have to have a uh, uh, um, you yeah, know, you have to have a an employer for them for the union to negotiate with. Tr- currently, growers and trimmers work for themselves, so I don't know how that would work. You know, because like in my understanding, to have a union, you got to have someone to negotiate with, and if you're a member of a union. Right. You're basically currently, if you're a grower, you, you negotiate. The union negotiates with you as the member. I don't, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't yeah, get I mean, that. But I don't know how this would apply. And that, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting yeah. though. Yeah, it's cool yeah. to see this going on in Oakland. I want to watch that. Well, there's more more news in Oakland too. Um, new taxes. Uh, Oakland. They're uh, they were the first city to impose taxes on dispensaries, and it looks like they want to become the first to impose taxes on grow operations as well. Currently, it looks like they're planning on allowing three large scale indoor cultivations, um, which they will tax. Uh, I don't know what large scale means, but as far as I know, there's like already like a forty thousand square foot grow down there or something. So wow. bigger than that, or as big as that, or something. And these are indoor operations. Um, that's the current plan. This hasn't been passed yet. They haven't decided what exactly they're going to do. Um, but they do want to tax cultivation now as well, and they have been taxing the dispensaries. Uh, federal law prohibits taxation of medicine. Is this a justified tax? What do you think, Jamie? Hmm. I don't know about this. Uh, yeah, I think so far they've had a lot of positive uh, successes with their tax, you know, tax scheme that they've came up with. It's pretty cool. I think the state, it, that's another step that really strongly legitimizes what's going on. You know, I mean, it's, it's not to say that it legitimizes it because I believe that, you know, using cannabis and the, and the things that they're involved with, you know, doing, I think that those are already legitimate things to do anyway. But it just, it, it wraps itself in all the other, you know, legitimacies of, of life, I guess, for a lack of a better explanation. <laughs> Sorry, but uh, yeah. do you know what I mean? Well, yeah, I, I do, and I'm currently a so have an actual above-ground bank account with your actual name, business name on it. You know, that's huge. You pay, you huge. pay taxes. And like that union things, yeah, and you have like tax documents because you you're tax pay taxes. All those yeah. things together, it's like there really is no difference left. It's, it's currently like another le- le step towards legitimizing, but I think the real issue here is: Do you tax? Can you tax medicine? The federal government says no. So if we are, if Oakland is taxing marijuana, aren't they saying it's not actually medicine? So now, is this going to be on just your own private grows? No, this is for the three large cultivations. People that don't want to so pay taxes will still do it in their basement for a while. And you know what right. I mean? No, this is for the the three probably whoever their whoever's lining their pockets with this. This is probably an inside deal, I'm right. sure. 
and um, three large cultiva cultivation um, uh, projects will you know, start or have already started and they will be taxed. And the federal government does not allow <laughs> you to tax uh, medicine when you purchase it. I don't know. I'm sure they tax the income of pharmaceutical companies, but I don't know, you know what I mean? Like, I guess what I'm getting at here is they've taxed the, they've taxed the medicine, the, the sales of the medicine, and they've taxed, they're, now they're taxing the creation of the medicine. As far as I understand, there's some federal law complications with taxing medicine. And this, in, in my opinion, is, is Oakland kind of, kind of like hinting at, well, is this a medicine or not? I think, what I think is, is that we have Currently, the medical marijuana system in California serves two purposes. It serves, one, to provide medicine to people that need it, and two, two, it provides is a loophole for people that use marijuana recreationally to purchase marijuana for recreational use. Would you agree with that? It's a loophole. That's very frankly put. I think I would agree with it, though. Yeah. Okay. And, and um, so now currently under the current situation where, like, that is the case, I think it's totally justified to tax medical marijuana as a commodity. However, if we legalize it in November and then there becomes two separate systems, a recreational system and a medical system, I believe that the taxation system should be able to distinguish between the two and figure out how to tax the recreational more more as a yeah. commodity and then have the medical thing different so that it's not affecting the pocketbooks of patients, people that really need it for medicine. There is a difference between the two, I believe. And yeah. so, you know, moving forward, um, we'll see how, how that changes and, you know, how the debate goes. But, uh, yeah, as far as it being another thing for legitimizing the industry, they're right on, they're right on, right on with that, man. That's a definitely a good thing. Um, some bad things, some crazy things going on. Uh, in uh, Fresno, California, Rick Morse, the owner of a medical marijuana dispensary, has been sent to jail three times just this month for operating his business. Fresno mm -hmm. Superior Court Judge Donald R. Franson ordered him to stop selling marijuana at his clinic. Morse continued selling and was first sentenced to a 15-day term on May 14th. Due to a federal court order, Morse was released eight hours later due to overcrowding. The federal court order requires jails to have a bed for every prisoner. If it becomes overcrowded, nonviolent offenders are released first. Thus, Morse was released. On May 20th, Morse was back in court regarding, for a hearing regarding the shutting down of his business, and Judge Franson ordered him back to jail for a second time to finish his 15-day sentence. He was then released four days later, again due to overcrowding, and then the following day, Judge Franchin sent him back to jail for a third time. The judge claims it is his, he has a right to make sure that Mer, uh, Morse serves his entire sentence. I'm Jeez. sure a lot of other nonviolent offenders don't get treated like this, but it appears, so it appears to me, and probably a lot of people who are hearing this, that Judge Franchin has a political agenda or a personal vendetta against uh, medical marijuana or Rick Morse, one or the other. And uh, regardless of his motiv motivations, is Judge Franson overstepping his boundaries? Is this a case of civil disobedience or judicial activism? We've got civil disobedience, right? Rick Morse keeps on selling it, even though the courts are telling him not to. But is he legally allowed to would be one thing. And But then as far as judicial act, why is this judge so intent upon making sure that homeboy spends 15 j days in jail. Why all the uproar just to get this guy in jail? What do you think, man? It's ludicrous. 
It's uh, it certainly <laughs> seems out of proportion. It's like he's gonna threaten you with 15 days in jail. Like that's so what? You know, 15 days in jail. It's I don't know why some some um, judges are overzealous like that. They're they're holdovers from the day. You know, they're 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 probably huge fans of um, uh, Nixon when he started this whole war. So yeah crazy i i just I, I i would i mean who knows perhaps the guy has been a total jerk to the judge through the court process or has been writing editorials or or what so maybe it's a personal thing uh, but even if it's a personal thing i don't think that a judge should treat someone different for personal reasons if he's not going to treat other nonviolent offenders like that why him i don't think that's adds up i think that so if it's right. personal that's way wrong and if it's a if it's a some sort of political agenda it's really wrong it's also I think, wrong yeah. I, I i just think that this guy's acting like a bastard <laughs> he needs to <laughs> needs to knock it off i mean it, it, it looks true. like it looks like morse will be released again before serving his uh before finishing the 15 days and the, the judge hasn't said what, what will happen if that's the case so we will keep everybody updated on that story. It's definitely interesting and uh, kind of disturbing. Uh, more disturbing news. Um, actor Dennis Hopper, uh, actor-director Dennis Hopper, died at the age of 74 from prostate yeah. cancer just last Friday. Uh, he's been a counterculture ca- counter icon ever since directing and co-starring in Easy Rider. Easy Rider. Yep, he was diagnosed last October and has been shopping for medical scene shopping for medical marijuana at the pharmacy in Venice Beach, California. Mm-hmm. Easy Rider, yeah, man, the Easy Rider tried to improve the quality of his life with medical marijuana over the last months of his life. What do you guys think about that? How much do you think medical marijuana really helps improve someone as they're dealing with a, a terminal illness? Oh, undoubtedly. I mean, it's. In some instances, and it's not really uncommon, but I mean, in, in many instances, it's just the the positive effects that you can get from using cannabis to mitigate whatever disabling circumstances you're suffering from. It's just, it's intense. It's like it's like a dream. It's like sci-fi. It's like it's not even real because you can almost see things happening. I mean, I I had it was really nasty when it, where my back would be really really bad, and I could see it work, you know. I mean, I could see yeah. my mouth chattering. I could see it stop chattering like almost right away. It was, yeah, so I mean, I don't know. And this is the kind of compassion that we originally was the biggest argument for medical marijuana was for, you know, people dying of cancer, for people dying of AIDS. Um, a, a, a very, very big majority of people believe that, that those people should be, if that, if cannabis is what helps them enjoy the, the you know, enjoy their right. life a little bit more in their final, final months, years, days, whatever, then they should be able to do it. And I think that, I think a, a large majority of people in the United States would agree with that. Um, yeah. So I hope that it provided enough, uh, enough, you know, enough good times for him here at the end to be able to enjoy his family, have some good conversations, experience some some good solid love, and and uh, you know, I hope it hope it wasn't too painful for him, man. I rest in peace, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm going to segue here into another story about cancer. Uh, this is your only our only story from the Rocky Mountain High today, Colorado news um, relating to. Uh, marijuana and cancer. Could marijuana be a gateway drug to curing cancer? Uh, mm. This story out of Colorado Springs. Brett 
Strauss developed cancer in 2007 in his throat. They didn't make the story didn't say whether it was like thyroid or throat or whatever. It could, you know, be any of those, but in the throat. And uh, he relapsed in January of this year, 2010. In January, they found five growths in his neck. They were all biopsied, and all of them were determined to be malignant. Strauss began rubbing a medical marijuana balm on his neck. Uh, they, doctors checked his growths again in March, and only one of the five tumors was malignant. So, obviously, Strauss is a huge believer now in medic marijuana and its ability to heal cancer. And him and a team of doctors are now on a mission to do real scientific medical research and experiments to determine how much cancer-curing ability cannabis may or may not have. Um, and, uh, obviously, and for a good reason, he is a firm believer that there will be some positive things coming out of this. Him and his research crew will have a uphill road, though, to success because federal law prohibits them from testing cannabis on humans. How crazy would it be if cannabis proved to be a gateway drug, a gateway to curing cancer? Wouldn't that be crazy, dude? What do you think mm. about that? <laughs> See, we've known forever that it, that it has those kind of effect, effects. Sometimes deleterious effects on, on certain kind of cancer cells that we really had no kind of nothing that would combat them or nothing that we could see any visible damage. You know, it was just amazing. You know, and cannabis just. I mean, what, when was the glioma? They know they noticed the glioma, and it was like a credible source and a credible doctor in a medical environment. Whenever they figured this out, and they buried that right away. I mean, that was like at least over 40 years before anybody even really heard much about that, you know? I yeah, mean, I mean, there's, defi there's definitely some, some already some scientific research pointing to it. I mean, the federal government says that none of it is, you know, none of it means anything because none of it was done by them or, you know, so uh, they didn't. Well, they ordered, that, they ordered that story with uh, Donald Taskin the, or that research, um, you know, with, from Don, uh, Donald Taskin from UCLA about the um, respiratory, like like throat and lung cancer and all that stuff. And he said, you know, not only did they find no causal relationship, but he, said, he stated also that there was some evidence that would, uh, he, he basically insinuated that it would warrant, it would encourage him to look further into it because it seemed like it might indicate that it um, attacks and kills certain kind of cancer cells, which... That's huge, man. That's we, nothing else. Does, we don't have anything else that does that. No, it would it would be the craziest thing. It may not be, and that's the thing is if 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 the federal government would spend some real money here researching this, there right. may be an. It may not be THC. It may not be Campbell. It may be the mixture. It might be the fact maybe that it's the way that they're mixed. Yeah, maybe. They just have to figure it out. I mean, if it's you just to, one yeah. specific cannabinoid, I'll rub that shit all over my cancer if I get it. And I, I mean, I don't right. care where it is. You have to stick it, you know, wherever. I'm going to be putting it there to try and get rid of my cells. And if this, this is just a huge, this, um, okay, it'd be a great thing, a wonderful thing for us to figure this out. Man, it'd be sad for all the lives that have been lost because of our government's closed-mindedness towards cannabis, though, just because they wouldn't look at this earlier on when they caught wind of it at all. If they're not, if, if any of you guys are listening, please pay attention to this. Cannabis has the chance; it could potentially help us unlock some sort of method of helping cure cure cancer even better than we can currently. That that would be amazing, and that would be that'd be worth 
worth taxpayer money to figure out. So mm-hmm. let's uh, let's keep these people in, in Colorado in our minds and, and uh, send them our good energy and hope that they can somehow find a way to success in pushing this uh, this agenda forward. Um, uh, you know, it'd be it'd definitely be a, a good thing. So and uh, Matt. Matt, you got a story for us. We're I on do. some more national so, news now, this, so this, this is, is an little, interesting one. A little upsetting to me because uh, I feel feel strongly about our constitutional rights and um, our freedom of speech and um, our Fourth and Fifth Amendment rights. Um, and uh, a couple of teachers in Virginia showed a video called uh, Busted, A Citizen's Guide to Surviving Police Encounters um, to their senior class. And they were both suspended. Um, and I don't know how you guys think about it, what you guys feel about that, but it, it was it was upsetting to me because uh, I've seen this what? video, and uh, it's 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 nothing like um, it's not teaching kids how to get away with breaking the law. That is not the the focal point of this video. It's it's clearly yeah. about teaching teaching young adults. Really, it's, uh, these were seniors in high school about their their constitutional rights it's too bad they don't teach them this when they're freshmen because they've been most of these kids have been already hassled by police and forced out of their cars to be searched and stuff through their high school careers um i mean you know i i don't know first of all i want to caveat matt you had a special part in this video you helped them with their website you helped advise them on how to spread the word um so I know it's a, a personal story to you, but also you're right from the constitutional perspective here. How can you justify that? I mean, do, we can't determine from the current stories that are out there if it's because what I mean. I, I, let's let's try and deduce what's the reasoning of the school here, because they're telling kids that are obviously breaking laws how to not get in tr- how to not get into trouble by by using their constitutional rights? Is that the assumption that the school must have made? Is that what you think? You know, I think what happened is that a, a parent uh, caught wind of this and probably went to the school complained. officials and complained. Yeah. Um, That's, that would be my guess, too. Yeah, uh, and the parent who asked not to be named out of fear that her daughter could get ostracized or get a lower-class grade told the pilot that she contacted the division and police after her daughter described the leaflet and video. So, but what's the justification for an actual, okay, so someone complains. Well, they could complain that I said the word crap. Do I deserve to be suspended for that as a teacher? She came home recently and said, you won't believe what they're teaching us in government class. They're teaching us how to hide our drugs. Well, okay, because the video does kind of, uh, I've seen the video, it does kind of assert, kind of look like some hippie kids going to a concert, right? Isn't that what the deal is? That's one of, the, one of the scenes in the video. One of the scenes is hippie kids going to a concert, and we assume that they probably have marijuana in their car, right? I think that's, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what we're, okay. So, we're led to believe that. So there is a bit of truth to what the girl told her mom or dad, right? A little bit, like a little bit. I mean, that's somewhat true, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Don't you think? Um, I mean, well, okay, to to some extent, but but the if you watch the video, it's it's not. There are some other videos that are much more explicit about what right. they are teaching people to do. 
sure. a lot of law enforcement uh, called in, didn't they? Haven't they called in to flex your rights, who the producers of the video, and tell them, hey, look, I think this is great. I, I know that there are a lot of, uh, yeah, police officers and people in law enforcement who, who think what flex your rights is doing is, is a great thing. Yes, flex your rights basically Clarity. teaches you that to be nice to cops, to answer simple questions, if they start going too far with questioning, stop answering questions. You have no, 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 there's no necessity for you to answer any question you don't feel comfortable answering. And if they ask to search your vehicle um, without justification, uh, to tell them you. Hey, that was a little Barry Cooper esque. What, oh. yeah, the Kentucky accent. I like that. Say that again, man. Uh, I don't even know who that guy is, but but uh, what what isn't it the the the, the, word, the verbiage you're supposed to use is I do not consent to a search, that right? Is, that that okay. would be the words to use. And that's that's pretty simply what they teach you is that if there's no reason for cops to search your car or your home, do not consent. Verbally oppose the the search by saying I do not consent to the search. They are yes, not yes. your friend. They are. Not not your buddy they are not supposed to be your buddy and they are professional police officers in the mode of being an active duty officer that so the the concept of friendship is not even in the mix it's not and even they the try, these are highly they, trained people yes, yes and the video tells the people that cops are trying to make you feel like you have to do what they're asking you to do and that you absolutely do not have to do it that that is the law and it's true. It is the law. And that's why cases get thrown out all the time for people getting caught with pot because they can, don't consent to the search. And if that's on, if it's, you know, then it goes to court and it's the word of the cop versus the word of the thing. And if the attorney can pay a computer programmer like you, Matt, enough money to descramble the video that was intentionally messed up by the police force and they descramble the video and can show the video and hear the conversation in court, cases are thrown out all the time. Uh, I recently heard uh, someone that was involved in a case tell me that their cop said, you're so lucky you didn't concert, consent to the search. You're so lucky. You used those exact words from, from this video and said, I do not consent to a search. He said, nine out of ten of my uh, customers are going to be found guilty of something because they consented to a search. And the majority of them would be let off if they did not consent to a search here's the deal if uh if a police officer has to ask you if you consent to a search he does not have or she does not have the right um he, they do not have probable cause already so oh right if, right if because they, did, they, they wouldn't ask they just right. go mm -hmm. they just go in got you that's right that's true i remember that man <laughs> man yeah it's a it's a this is a touchy subject i'm going to be interested to see if the virginia teachers file a countersuit against the school district if their pay was docked or anything like that i mean this is a constitutional issue here um yeah. these teachers teach history and government i guess and if they're teaching government this absolutely seems like a relevant topic for a senior level class in high school this, this is not inappropriate for 12th graders no, it's not. Uh, um, is it? Is it even an? It should issue? be mandatory. I think. I think for, from by your freshman 12th. year. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, freshman, sure. That's an, an indoctrination into the freshman level of school of public school education. Yeah, but I that's not so. what we want. Our our go, uh, We want we want 
people to not know that that's their rights so that we they can be arrested, so that they can get caught up in the judicial process, so that money can be spread around from cops to courts to jails to everything in between that's involved in uh, backlash. This is another this is another terrible drug drug war story. I think I'm a oh man. Going to be an interesting one to follow up on, guys. See what happens here from the from those teachers. I, I, if I was them, I would definitely consider filing a counter suit. I think this is uh, perhaps an ACLU thing, so maybe they'll get yeah. involved. Yeah, that that wouldn't surprise me. Um, I think they actually were uh, somewhat involved in the production of the original video. Uh, maybe, oh. yeah. maybe they financed part of it. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so something ain't right in Virginia, and uh, something ain't right in Montana either. Is that something, right? something ain't right in Montana, man. It just ain't oh right. Med- medical what? marijuana is receiving tons of backlash there. Backlash there, guys. Um, as we've talked about on the show in past weeks, there was obviously a small dispensary that was firebombed, or whatever cocktail yeah. you throw through and burn it down. Shit that happened recently, and uh, apparently, I'm trying to find this story. But uh, apparently a grower was beaten to death in Montana recently, too. Um, although this law passed Jeez. with 60 percent – right, someone got beat to death for being a grower. Um, although this law passed with 62 percent of the state's vote, there are apparently some staunch critics and outright haters of the current situation. Mm-hmm. In fact, a group is forming trying to gather signatures to put a measure on the November ballot that would appeal the law. It's unclear whether they'll meet the requirement of 25,000 signatures by the deadline. Uh, others are claiming that medical marijuana needs far more regulation. One guy pointed out the fact that there are 1,000 licensed pharmacists in Montana and 2,700 marijuana caregivers. And he <laughs> said, obviously, this is out of control simply because of that fact. Um, two things way, here. Got, what's I've up with the, the – uh, what's, <clears throat> sorry, what's that, Matt? I found the story. So this is, this is absolutely true. A beating death and an assault on two fi- and two fire bombings linked to Montana's burgeoning and largest, largely unregulated mar- medical marijuana trade. Uh, so yeah, the, there's, there's a gr- that's crazy, man. There, there's obviously a, um, um, there's obviously a, uh, group of people trying to get this, um, this repealed. And it sounds like, some of those people may also be violent <laughs> and organized. Yeah. Or do you think these are all you think these are all rogue people, or is this a this is a form of fuck no, terrorism? Rogue like uh, the KKK is rogue. There's a right. county there called like Ravalli County, and there's mm-hmm. a prominent uh, Ravalli County Republican lawmaker who really wants to overturn this uh, this law, and based on the based on the the premise that the current scheme controlling prescription pot is fatally flawed. That's what he said. The current legislation is fatally flawed. And that's the basis of which his name is Senator Jim Shockley. He's a Republican from Victor. And uh, yeah, so he requested on Monday, actually today, um, that a bill be drafted for the 2011 legislature to repeal this law. So... We'll see. I don't know what's up. I mean, the guy, he also said he believes marijuana has medical benefits and that it should remain legal, only in a much more controlled way. So I don't, I don't know what's going on with this. Yeah, this is, a, this is crazy. First of all, I'm going to speak to these violent people. Um, you guys need yeah, to what's take up a, with that? 
guys need to take a chill pill. Maybe try some cannabis. Maybe things will be a little bit better for you. Come firebomb some of us out here. Until then, dude, I'm just going to keep on using my uh, words as, as my weapon here. I can't believe this. This is, this is ridiculous. This is almost as bad. This is as bad as people who are bombing abortion clinics and stuff. And, it's, and, and we're talking about marijuana, which, like, abortion and marijuana, really, when you debate the two, like, abortion's way more debatable, has way more effect on people's lives and stuff than, than, than marijuana does. Um, talking about regulating marijuana as rigidly as pharmaceutical drugs, are you serious? Really? Do you know how benign cannabis actually is? We're not talking about uh, uh, a facility that has some of the most potent chemicals in the world in it that you have to be in charge of giving out to people based off of a little script that they bring you. You have to know how to mix things, chemicals. That's why, this is why pharmacists go to school because they could give someone penicillin accidentally and those people who are allergic to penicillin could kill them or they could give someone too many, too many pain pills, too strong a pain I mean, dealing with, with pharmaceutical drugs, we're talking about complex chemistry with marijuana, we're talking about a plant. We're talking about a plant that's grown. Has some, definitely has some chemicals in the plant that are psychoactive, but it has a lot of non-other psychoactive chemicals. You can't compare. This is like apples and oranges. They're just, it's not, there's yeah. not a comparison. And a 1,000 licensed pharmacists to 2,700 marijuana caregivers. Well, here's the deal with the caregivers. Caregivers, most of them are growers, all growing one or two or three strains. There's tons of strains of marijuana out there, and to effectively me give people medication or recreation, we have to give them choice and let them have the choice of what sorts of, sort of weed they like. Twenty, this isn't a thousand licensed pharmacists and 2,700 marijuana caregivers. Totally different, totally different issues. Totally different things. These people have no idea what they're doing. But Jamie, I think this goes back to a lot of what we've talked about in the past. When we make these laws and we pass these voter referendums, um, sometimes they're too loose and it leaves too much to be decided in the future. I'm now becoming more and more of a fan of having it all spelled out before yeah. the vote. It so that I think so. I think that'll be the most effective. Then they'd be, then we won't have people firebombing people for for this stuff in the in the future. I would hope, you know. But yeah. we, we will. Uh, right. Only in Montana. Only in Montana. Dang. Get your gun, son. Let's go down and get some of these marijuana people. I think they firebombed two places. That's what, that's what you were just saying from that story from, from Billings, right, Matt? That there are two firebombings. There are two firebombings. That's what the story read. I didn't read the whole thing, um, but that's what the, the lead read. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, geez, wow, craziness. Oh, my God. We're going to continue to follow the mayhem in Montana. Montana mayhem. That's that section. That's the new segment for Montana because you people are out of control up there. Jeez. <laughs> man. Um, what's happening in New Jersey? Oh, man. They're, it's more backlash kind of stuff. Well, you know, New Jersey never really was so sure that it, it wanted to pass this. Uh, legislator, legislature, or uh, yeah, legislature. Um, the the new governor. Well, when when they when uh, New Jersey signed in their medical cannabis legislation, it was signed in by Governor John S. Corzine, um, and it was to go in an effect in January. He signed it in in uh, in January, and it was to go. I'm sorry, to go into effect in July rather, and. Uh, 
the distribution was to start by October in the original schedule. Now there's a, he signed that right before he left the office. And the new governor, Governor Christie, is uh, he wants to delay this by up to a year uh, implementation of this bill. So they're, I don't really know what you would call this move. It's pretty blunt, but it's illegal. Yeah, it seems like it would be against the law to me. Well, but it's, I don't think the there... executive has that privilege. I don't think the exe- I don't think you have that executive privilege as governor or president. I'm fairly certain you it was already to... signed into law. He can't unsign it out of law. <laughs> that no, work. no, it, it's different though. It's, this isn't like a constitutional amendment in in uh, New Jersey, so they could put another bill through Cong or through whatever their legislative process is, probably to stop it but that doesn't mean that they can delay what's currently legal i don't think (laughs) you know like um i don't think i mean i know there's lots of people ramping up in new jersey to run this industry i've read some other stories recently about them um so they're on the move it's going to start there uh what was is when's the effective date yeah is there already kicked off or is this started i think it has i'm not sure see yeah i think so Wow, so now we're gonna have a now we're gonna have a, a governor we've got so we've got fire bombers, judicial activists, and governor executives now getting this week's full of full of all sorts of uh backlash on a, a, a peaceful plant. Come on, yeah. people. Yeah. Wake up diligence. Well, Remember geez. that's the word. That's the one word summation of what we've been talking about so far, I think. Diligence. You have to have diligence because it's not just like you go and protest and get some initiative passed and get the signatures and that's it. it it's, they're going to start fighting back and fighting against you know what they believe is wrong, and they're going to have stuff like this. They don't follow the law. They try to act like they're above the law. Above you've, the got, law. Yeah. you've got the the guy in Fresno is totally doing that. He has no right to keep sending a nonviolent offender back, back to jail over and over and over again. Uh, right. These people, these people in Montana, working you can't firebomb anyone for any reason, especially yeah. for something that's. Le- I mean, not especially even if something that's legal. I mean, it's legal there. And then this guy, you can't just say, "Oh, I'm the governor." So I'm going to stop this for a year. I don't know. Smells, yeah. of, smells of horse crap to me. Bunch Bogusness. of horse crap. Yeah, and, yeah. and you're right. We have to keep on fire. We're just at the, you know, people that keep, oh, it's going to be legal soon. Oh, it's going to be legal. Not if everyone has that attitude. It's not. It'll go backwards. This will go backwards. Some. You betcha. It'll, it'll, it'll go backwards. It'll go backwards. And they'll keep on doing things, and they'll keep on arresting people. And apparently they're going to keep on uh, chopping down plants, even if it's not pot. What's up with that, Cogs? Yeah, I've got a funny story from Corpus Christi, Texas, um, and I've got a news clip here uh, that I'm going to play for you. Bunch of weeds. About 8:30 last night, a teenager riding through Waldron Park out in Flower Bluff spotted what he thought were hundreds of marijuana plants, and so did police. They spent about an hour pulling up some 400 plants, but when they got back to the police station and ran some tests, it turned out the suspected pot plants were just a fairly common type of weed called horse mint. 
Oh my God, that guy's voice was classic. I, I really like that guy's voice. Oh my gosh, that guy. Hey, he really fits in down there in Texas, don't you think? I bet nobody listens to that guy in Texas. <laughs> wow, that was amazing. Horse mint, huh? He's been smoking on that horse mint living in Texas. I bet he doesn't get along with the with the the locals too well. Jeez. Um, wow, that's they well, spent. So this kid, this kid found. Right. How how many resources did they spend cutting down all this horseman? <laughs> how did the cops know not? How did the cops not know what what pot is? It, well, and how did the cops not know <sighs> someone not know a native plant that grows? It's, it, they just said it was native horseman. Um, haven't they? Doesn't that? I don't know. To me, that sounds like it's probably fairly <laughs> ubiquitous. <laughs> so, um, what the hell? What the hell? Look at that, that toilet flushing sound for all the money <laughs> down the drain. <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, while the cops were cutting down, meanwhile, while the cops were cutting down horse meat, people were getting stoned everywhere. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> all right. So that, that, that was just to to lighten up lighten up everything after uh, Montana. Jeez, yeah, right. At least in at least in Texas, they don't have horse mint problem. God, so, crazy. So we're talking I've about got another story. Um, oh, what what was up with? Uh, I know that dispensaries come under fire in a lot of different on a lot of different levels, and one of them they've been they've recently been talking a lot about is their ability to bank, do legitimate banking. Because yes. a lot of is it like is that true? Is it a lot of banks won't let medical cannabis uh dispensary owners yes national banks and they say that because they work throughout different states their their fear is the federal government will um penalize them for uh being a you know a company that operates in several different states some of which don't have medical mm -hmm. cannabis so therefore they you know i don't know if they think they're breaking the law or if they're simply feared of fines, or if it is an actual political statement against it. But uh, Matt, you've got the story on that. What's going on now? Yeah, Something's I, happening in Congress, I right? Do, um, in Congress, uh, yeah. It's a, it's a, there's no legislation in Congress, but last Friday, Congressman um, Polis from Colorado uh, and 14 other members of Congress signed on to this letter to um, the Treasury Department, uh, urging the Obama administration to um, set forth formal procedures or at least state publicly that they will not go after uh, medical marijuana uh, users of bank accounts because people with businesses need bank accounts. Um, and uh, they, they are operating in, in compliance with the, the local state law. So yes. hopefully this is another step towards legitimize, uh, legitimizing um, things on the, on the federal level. Yeah, that would be awesome. I worked for a, one of these big, I'm not going to name names at this point, but I worked for one of these super huge, big, so, so, so big we can't fail banks that's still uh, probably one of the three biggest banks in the, in the, in the world. And uh, they, I worked there in, up here in Humboldt County, and uh, there were a couple gentlemen that came in throughout my tenure there uh, wanting to open up uh, checking accounts. They came in with uh, with uh, you know t 
tents. Basically, they had licenses. They had told the government, the state government, city government, what they were doing. Um, should be eligible for a business banking account, and the bank I worked for would not open the account for them. So yeah, I, I don't know what their reasoning is. If they really think maybe they're breaking the law, if they're just trying to be safe, my guess is they're just trying to be safe. It's not a, I mean, they're, they like money, you know. Um, they probably don't have any political agenda against marijuana. It's probably just them playing it safe. Uh, and it'd be really interesting for, for this to occur because this would be, like you were saying, Matt, this would be federal. This would be a, a federal sort of like legitimizing of our industry, and that would be huge. Yeah, I don't know how that's possible to happen right now under current conditions. I don't know because that would be contradictory. Well, but I mean, when it deals with money, the federal government's contradictory over, you know, they're walking hypocrisy. I mean, I don't know. I, I think it could happen because they, they're just all about money and they're in the banks. They're all up in the banks. The banks are, you know, the government's practically run by the banks nowadays. So. I don't know. Maybe they're seeing so much money flowing through this, and they're just like, "Oh my God, look at all these small banks with all this money going through them, going through them, going through them." I don't know. We'll see. You know, maybe it's the banks are finally starting to go. Look, we want to do this, but we want you to say it's okay first, and I'm not going to fund you if you don't make an issue of this. <laughs> we don't want you raiding us with your like Kevlar-clad commando forces. Exactly. Saying, saying we're being ex, ex you know. Yeah, especially speaking of raids, Matt, what's going on with this in Washington? Some task force seizes petitions. What's this is real list? bad news. Um, not so so. Uh, uh, sensible Washington, who is a group gathering signatures for a ballot initiative that would uh, end marijuana prohibition in the state, uh, it's, it's sort of similar to California's, um, reported that we uh, the members of the West Sound Narcotics Enforcement Team, otherwise uh, known as WestNet. A federally funded drug task force seized about 200 signatures during a raid on a medical marijuana club. Uh, we got the story from the Marijuana Policy Project. Um, as as if as if taking the signatures were enough, that they actually put a gun to a 14 year old's head and handcuffed him during this raid. Um, I, this doesn't seem right to me. What was the kid doing there? What was he just think? What was the kid doing there? Was he like I a think, child I, of I, an employee? His, or? Uh, yeah, no, I think his his dad it, it was the dispensary owner. Wow, that's crazy! I can't believe that that's 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 the kind of hysteria that's going on. They go into a medical marijuana facility with guns in the air. Why would they need to do that? Make a point. Sounds like it to me. Oh sure. That's that's a big part of it for sure. Definitely. Yeah, they're well, you know, they're they're handcuffing fourteen year olds all over the place for all kinds of reasons these days. So Yeah, fourteen is a handcuffable <laughs> age, I think, isn't it? I mean, like for the most part well, they're like you want to get them used to it while they're young. Yeah, I'm hearing <laughs> yeah. I'm hearing a lot of stories about kids a lot younger than that. You know, like somebody goes, yeah. hey, dumb head and smacks but a dude. I Forehead, they call the cops and they take him away in handcuffs. He's like but freaking this, uh, eight. I, but this goes back to the same stuff from Missouri. Why do you need to pull the guns out? They're going to let you in. If you have a warrant for a nonviolent offender and you have no suspicion that they're going to be violent, they're going to have any weapons, why do you need to have your guns out? <laughs> is it, That's how is I it, feel. Does it tingle their libido? 
I think so. I think that they go home and have major, yeah. major hot sex with their wife. They handcuff them and they put a gun to their head and they do it doggy in the bed. Ooh. Something is wrong with these people. I mean, really, really, uh, I, I don't, I don't get it. Like a little bit more intel. Hey, oh, look at all these really nice people going in and out of this place. Oh, it's these people are all friendly. Oh, the employees all. There's no guns in there. Let's just let's just walk in. It's okay, guys. We can we'll find someone to pull our guns out on later. It's okay. You know, like, dude, come on, yeah. just break. Give people a damn break. Time for us to And what's go up with taking all of these uh, these signatures. signatures? Yeah, what are they, What were those for? What's the deal with the signatures? So the signatures were for the the petition um, right. this, uh, that's going on the ballot this November, I presume, uh, to legalize or to regulate marijuana for recreational use. Mm-hmm. That is like two hundred signed, two hundred signatures on a petition. Uh, you know, you need to collect signatures in order to get your petition on the ballot. Right. Um, so is it? It seems like it's completely illegal uh, for them to. I mean that. That, that they're, against, they're, they're, stretching, yeah. they're stretching, they're stretching, they're trying to say that, well, obviously this isn't a medical marijuana facility, they're obviously for, you know, recreate, this is obviously recreational, I don't know, maybe pro- maybe they're taking it as proof to try and prove that that clinic is is not a medical clinic, that it's a recreate, I don't know, that's, that's, that sounds fishy, I think we'll hear more about that if it's a yeah. issue, I mean, yeah. I don't think you can, this story is not going away. No, this is going to be an interesting one to see. And, and from two different perspectives there, from one, uh, well, three, one going into a legal entity with your guns blade, you know, with your guns out, two, the signatures. How can you take signatures for a petition? And three, you know, handcuffing and putting a gun in a 14-year-old's face. That's uh sounds pretty, uh, pretty intense, man. Hope that kid's doing all right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's time for the nugget today. Jamie's bringing our super crystalline nugget of the day on tips for oh. effectively advocating for cannabis reform. Let's go nice. into this, man. Tell the world. Nuggy? Cool. Nuggy okay, nugget. but first, uh, really quick, about 20 seconds here, I just want to update you on Illinois. They did not get um, this vote underway. I guess uh, the the final deadline was extended to May 28th, and then on uh, May 28th, Rule 19A took into into effect, which uh, effectively re-referred uh, SB 1381 um, back to the Rules Committee. It's a safe place for it. I was saying earlier, it's like the the moist log, hollow log. It can go hang out with you know in for a while until they come back, you know. So it's gonna, it's still alive. It's not dead yet. It's just. Uh, he won't. He won't call it to a floor vote until Lou Lang, that is the congressman that sponsored this. He won't call it to a floor vote um, until he's certain that he has the votes, which I think is smart. You know, he said, "I'm sick of this coming in every year, and it's a big push, and everybody cares about it, and we just get really close, and it doesn't pass." He goes, "Forget that, you know." So we'll see. I don't know. We're hopeful, but keep on plugging away. Keep on pushing. Keep on writing those letters. Keep on calling your representatives. Right Push on, them. Call them. Get involved with the forums. I've been reading a lot of them, engrossing forums lately. Um, the Panagraph in Bloomington, Illinois, had a really good forum talking about some things. And a, a, a task force director guy, like some big commando. His name was Commander something, actually, literally. And uh, he came on there and made this big post. And like just tons of people were responding. And it was a pretty healthy, or uh, you know, discussion overall i think and i've seen a lot of those that that missouri that columbia missouri thing stunt with the 
SWAT guys. And there was huge forum activity over that. That was pretty cool. The police chief went to that one. That was neat. <clears throat> but uh, anyway, we're, we're talking about um, getting involved and making a difference. Um, it's really important. I mean, we were talking at the beginning of the show about how this is diligence is, is, is required um, in, in when, when you're dealing with this kind of policy reform because it will roll back. If you don't keep going, you can't you, you can't see the ground that you've made so far while trying to advance, you know, beyond where you're at. You still have to hold stead, you know, on where you've gotten to so far. So, I mean, in order for somebody to go through all this trouble, it has to be a darn serious issue and really important, you know. And we do know that, you know, it is it is important enough for us to spend all this time and effort on. It's not just some fringe, you know, activity by any means. So, first of all, be properly prepared to argue such important points. And it's really important. I mean, sometimes people get this, and we all get it here, you know. It, we're pro-medical we're pro, uh, cannabis. We're pro um, a lot of different uh, policy reform, you know, as far as cannabis goes. I have my lettuce philosophy, which spells that out pretty well. But, you know, it's, it's easy for you to get your, your initial reaction and, and kind of act react off the cuff and say something that just irresponsible or doesn't make sense. You know, it's not well researched. And when you're talking to somebody that matters, you know, about these issues and it, everything you say is crucial because it's the only information that a lot of these individuals are going to have that's accurate, you know, about this issue. So make sure that you research your information and make sure that it's the most credible information possible and then save your source material. It's really important to do that because these people are going to go, yeah, right. Where's that say that at? And, you know, like uh, probably a great example would be um, there's no there's not a shred of evidence that shows medical efficacy or medical usefulness, you know, for cannabis at all. I mean, there's current high level policy um, makers in our in our country that are act actively spewing that kind of rhetoric you know as if it's true so it's it's really important that we say no that's absolutely nonsense and when we do that we're prepared for them to go yeah right prove it with what you know and we'll say well there's 17,500 plus uh credible research studies that have shown um pos positive medical um efficacy through you know with using cannabis and you know, that's that's how you you win an argument based on truth and based that's based on information. You know, okay. Um, it's easy to let this. It's such a a passionate issue. You know, it, it's easy to let your passion get the best of you, and it's important uh, that you you're careful I, not to do that. Yeah, I do it all. I I, I don't do it all the time. I do it with family members is when I do it because yeah. then it's like emotional and it makes me be even more emotional. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's so you just want to, you get frustrated because you read this ridiculous shit. It's just like doing crack. You know, <laughs> it's like it's like smoking meth. What did that guy say the other day? It's I don't know that it's really as good as it's they like think it's smoking it meth cannabis because you know people who smoke meth are like like what's happening when they smoke it too. Just like smoking meth. Smoking medical cannabis is just like smoking meth. My gosh, that's exactly why we need facts. That's exactly why you need to stay calm and level-headed and just let them know what's going on on the real tip. Don't get over-emotional. Um, it really doesn't make you any more convincing. I think uh, it's, it's 
just kind of human nature. A lot of people are under this assumption that it, it makes them feel more or, you know, appear more convincing or believable, but it really doesn't, you know, it hampers your ability to think clearly and to be very distinct in your statements. And what we're doing when we're involved with policy reform is so crucial that we're very distinct in what we're saying and say what we need to in the most comprehensive way with the least amount of words necessary, you know? It's important to prepare and get used to the language you use. And, you know, if you're new to this type of stuff, then, you know, give it time. You'll you'll learn how to speak a little bit more effectively um, in this to this end. Um, additionally, let me see here. Well, it, it's, it's, it's important that we don't exaggerate facts that we use. You know, there's a lot of science-based facts. Like, you know, you, everybody's heard this. You've, I know um, you guys have both heard people use this a lot, talking about how cannabis has been used for over 5,000 years. Well, I think that, that we have some basis, objective basis for, of, you know, of truth that we found some traces that show that it's been used that long. But I know for certain we do for um, just under 3000 years. So, I mean, what's the difference? It's, it's thousands of years, which is true. A hundred percent true. You know, we, you know, so it's not important that we exaggerate things because I hear people in all these forums I read and they're, they're going, it's, it's, it's been, you know, over 7,000, which it may have been used over 7,000 years, but we don't know that shit. Uh, uh, dude, I'm reading a book right now called uh, Cannabis, A History. It's by Martin Booth, the guy that uh, writes oh, cool. history books about this. He wrote something about uh, opium, I believe, too. And, um, this is say uh, about it, the first. China. China was the first. Yep, and yep. They, used, they used hemp hemp mostly and it was around it was a long time ago five i can't remember uh, i'm looking the book but it was something like five thousand years ago and they use it as an incense too so there was some use of the smell of it and then it did move right. into that but like uh europeans didn't start using it until after you know ad and i mean it different it's different by by place it's, it's i'm basically reading a western civilization chronicle right of cannabis no, use and hemp nice. use and it varies throughout societies and throughout western society and um yeah you know over exaggerating like trying to make people think look it's been acceptable in society since 20,000 years <laughs> yeah it's not not accurate <laughs> it's not it's not a the total story So you should listen to me because I'm really credible and have no clue that we have no historical reference for 25,000 years ago. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah exactly. Like I mean, idiot, in, which is not obviously beneficial for, our, <laughs> you know. No, I mean, that's what I just did. I just told you some of what I could remember from the book, but this book was just packed with information, you know? So I can't like reel off all this stuff and be like, and the, you know, and then the Vikings and then the, and then the Romans and then, the, you know, and like, and like, uh, so I don't even try to get into it, but all I will say is, is yeah, cannabis has been around for a long time, but it's, it's, it's use has been, you know, it's been sometimes people just like now shot it down and said, no, that's not good. And it's gone back and forth and, it's been debatable. That's what this guy's basic his thesis of this book is: is it's been uh-huh. one of the most debatable uh, plants of 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 human history and continues to be even to today. So um, I think that's probably pretty accurate. You know. Yeah, so. like the five thousand years. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, the the point, the main point here, you know, that I'm trying to make is that these 
the truths, uh, the real facts, the honest truths surrounding cannabis and its myriad of beneficial uses can stand very strongly on their own. They really can. They don't need us to artificially inflate them. So relax, man. That's a great thing for us. We got the strong truth on our side. We can breathe a little freer. We don't have to manage that. You know, it's just don't worry yeah. about it. Just spread that truth. And like you've always said, once people learn that you can't, once you've learned the truth, you can't go back. You know, right, right. Now, this is a really important one, man. Always remain diligent in spell checking. And I know a lot of people, increasingly so in this day and age, really hate anything to do with spell checking and they just shrug it off and go, whatever. But listen, it's very important that you remain diligent in spell checking any written material that you submit for others to read, um, especially when you're talking or discussing an issue that involves intelligence and kind of, uh, a consistency and you know you have to be square about what you're where you're coming from and it's really important to establish that through uh, establishment of credibility from your 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 communication medium so it's very important because this is the only thing they're getting from you is what you've written and especially in this type of an issue where there's just big op- opposing sides they're already looking for any way to you know discount your credibility or discount you know who you are so if you write stuff and it's got like typos all over and you look like a complete idiot it's it's going to have a negative effect and it's going to open you up to you know a a less respectful treatment from from the other side and you really need to to remain diligent in um saying what you mean to say and standing behind it you know so it's important you know in order to accurately say what what needs to be said and how you need to you know get your message across you have to spell check to make sure you're saying the right stuff otherwise you know the meaning is different everything is diminished it's it's pretty it's it's pretty negative i mean it's it's worth it and it's crucial to delivering an effective response that's both informed and professional so please if it's a pain in the ass i get it i know that but take the extra time whenever you're working or sending something to somebody that's important working in policy reform, definitely make sure that you take the time to do that. Couldn't stress it more. Um, If you want to look intelligent, make sure your writing reflects intelligence. That's a simple rule of thumb to go by. The reformers believe, and they like to tout, that cannabis reformers are all a bunch of dumbass potheads that just want to do their drugs and, you know, we're really unmotivated and incapable and blah, 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 blah. Well, you know, we can prove them all wrong. And actually, we are proving them all wrong. But it's important that we take the extra effort. It's completely worthwhile to do that. Um, a couple of other short ones. We just, it's never flame people or write in all capitals. That's just, I mean, it's the truth that we have here. So when stating the truth, you have the ability to remain controlled. That, that's, that's one of the great things that it affords you is you can just relax and state accurately what, you know, what we know and, and, it's not necessary to put all capital letters. It doesn't help anything. It makes people think you're hysterical or, you know, especially if you have capital letters and you're misspelling a lot of stuff and it's like (laughs) people's opinion is just like, you know, that one's out of here. Um, And obviously last but not least, um, obviously always stay within the law with it when fighting within this issue. Again, it connects to the passion thing. I mean, the passions are heightened and people get, you know, there's a lot of open, uh, 
uh, opposing viewpoints about this issue and issues, uh, uh, all issues basically involving cannabis, you know, and it sometimes tempers can flare and, you know, it, it's, you have to remember that if you make a threat, a direct threat or a physical threat to somebody, you've made a threat. Not only that, but it's documented in a, in a really easy to retrieve way. So, you know, you can get in a great deal of legal trouble. So make sure that you don't you know, stay within the law when fighting within the issue. Threats are illegal. Remember that. And uh, don't get yourself in any trouble because we really, really need everybody in this fight that's, uh, that's in it. And uh, for, for credible sources, you can start with a Google search. Be really wary of misinformed sites. There's a lot of misinformed sites. Even if they're pro-cannabis, there could be misinformed sites. And then you'll just be disseminating inaccurate information, which makes you, again, less credible. Who wants to listen to you? Because you're a dumbass and you didn't check out what you're saying. So that's kind of how that works. Um, I guess Dr. Lester Grinspoon, um, marijuana-uses.com. He's got a really good... Uh, um, track record as far as credibility. Lester Grinspoon is an associate professor emeritus of psychiatry at Harvard Medical School, um, and I think he's been he's been a senior psychiatrist at the Massachusetts Mental Health Center for like 40 years. So he's highly credible, dude, and he's got a really extensive um, couple of websites there. Um, it's HTTP. What is that? Colon forward slash forward slash marijuana dash uses dot com, and we'll put that up on the website as well. Um, and so there's some tips. Hopefully that'll work. I mean, does any any of that sound helpful to you guys? That was all very well said, Jamie. Very well said. And yeah, good very, tips. Very, very important tips for people to follow if they want to get in, into this. And we, all of us, even even when we know those tips, we make mistakes. Live up to them. Sure. Don't try and don't try and, don't try and step around them. Own up to them. Yeah. Fix them. Change them. Correct yourself. Move forward. Try to do a better job in the future. And everything, every, as long as we continue down the path we're going, where we're all trying to make intellectual arguments for cannabis, we're doing the right thing. Don't you know? When another, one thing I need to say out here: there are a lot of idiots out there. As we're hearing, like up in Montana, that are starting to get violent. Please, please keep the perspective. Keep the peace. Don't go there. Don't get oh. into physical confrontations with anyone regarding cannabis because we don't need that. That's just not going to be good for us because we've been trying to tell everyone yeah. forever that cannabis is one of the most nonviolent forms of drugs in the world. And, and we need to keep that as the truth because it is the truth. So please keep the peace people. That would be, you know, that's, know. that's huge. That's huge. Yeah, Matt, you got yeah. a clip to roll, right? You got a clip to roll for the end of the show. Yeah, I'm right? going to roll it at the end of the show. Yeah, it's. Um, have you guys ever watched? Uh, it's it's on Fox News. Um, it's Freedom Watch. Hmm. Uh, Judge Judge Andrew Napolitano. And I've only seen the show a couple of times. I've seen clips from it. Um, he, we actually played a clip from his show a couple of weeks ago with the the, the SWAT the SWAT dogs in Missouri. Um, hmm. After after he rolled a clip and then after it he 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 tore into some folks and asked them real hard questions. I, I like this guy. And, cool. Uh, this past week he had he had Normal's deputy director Paul Armentano on his show. Mm. Uh, so I have a seven minute clip of of that show that I'm going to roll after we're done here. So okay, we, you're rolling it after we're done. All right. Well, guys, we really really want to hear from you. If you're out there, please let us know. Uh, 
think, give us a call. Our number is 707-654-CAN, and that's C-A-N-N. Uh, Cannabis Agenda is on Facebook. We are on Twitter. Um, Pot Green and Jamie and Cogs are all on Twitter as well. Uh, we have a website. We're online. We're online now, and you can get Yay. our podcast online at CannabisAgenda.com, and, and you can uh, find us on iTunes now. Are we on iTunes yet? Okay. Uh, you cannot search for iTunes, but um, did you find us, Jamie? No, but it's it's been released. Oh. We'll we'll yeah. be there soon. We're waiting for verification we, we, from them we, we, or something. Exactly. Oh yeah, yeah. That's the what yeah. is it called? Verification. I don't know what what would you say something. that we need an actual person to something. Last night you were saying, Matt, what was the deal? I think so. Yeah, we someone someone's got to approve us. They got to click. We'll be up on button. We'll be up on iTunes. Soon, but Soon. you can dis- listen you to probably us. won't listen to this until we're on iTunes. Right, cannabisagenda.com. You can find us there. Um, we want to hear from you. Today. Let us know what you think. Uh, yeah. Criticize. Uh, we want praise. We want criticism. We want it all. We want to get better at this. We want this to be about you, um, not us. And we want to hear from you. Please ask us any questions and help us know what it is you want to hear. Until next time, friends. Peace yeah. and pot. Later, y'all. You've been listening to The Cannabis Agenda, your weekly source for cannabis-related news and informed discussion. We podcast for an hour every Monday covering topics related to cannabis legalization, medical marijuana, and market-related information. You can follow online with us at CannabisAgenda.com. I'm Judge Andrew Napolitano, and this is Freedom Watch. We've reported on rights violations recently, such as a Columbia, Missouri SWAT raid on a family home that turned up only enough drug paraphernalia to result in a misdemeanor charge and a $300 fine, but resulted in the family dog being shot dead and a seven-year-old child being terrified by machine gun-toting cops. This was no isolated incident, though. Such horrors are commonplace and will continue to happen for as long as the government fights its losing war on drugs. In early May, a New Jersey man was taken into custody by cops for shooting video of them while they performed a practice raid on an abandoned home in his neighborhood using smoke-generated explosive devices and apparently not expecting to raise any alarms or questions among the locals. Meanwhile, despite the concept of medical marijuana becoming more popular and even legal in many states, the government keeps finding new ways to tighten the screws on citizens who might be using drugs that are lawful in the place of use under local law. This month, the Obama administration released its new national drug control policy guidelines, and one feature is the adoption at the national level of a policy that already exists in many states. It would become a criminal offense to have any detectable amount of chemicals from marijuana in your blood while driving, even if the marijuana use occurred weeks or months earlier, and even if there is no evidence that your driving was impaired as a result of it. Where will they stop? Joining us next to discuss draconian anti-drug laws and the resulting extreme tactics of police is Paul Armentano, deputy director of the group Normal, 
the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws. Paul, it's a pleasure. Welcome back. We've heard talk about the Obama administration taking a more tolerant attitude toward marijuana and drugs. Has anything changed from the, uh, the Bush Justice Department and the Bush policies to the Obama Justice Department and the Obama policies? You know, Judge, there was an AP story, a terrific Associated Press story that came out last week that said in 40 years of engaging in this so-called war on drugs from the federal level, we've spent as taxpayers over $1 trillion, yet we have failed to meet any stated goals. The reason this drug war has continued decade after decade after decade is because regardless of the administration in power, whether it's Democrat or whether it's Republican, right. both sides are really the same coin when it comes to drug war policies. We have heard lip service from this administration that they are going to engage in a balanced approach to dealing with illicit drug policies. All right. Has the, has the uh, Eric Holder Department of Justice, Paul, indicated that it will not prosecute personal users of, mar of medical marijuana in states where the state law allows the use of medical marijuana? Or are they going to take the Bush approach, which resulted in that dreadful Supreme Court uh, opinion, Raich versus Gonzalez, that all marijuana is illegal everywhere in the United States under all circumstances, no matter what the states say? Well, if you're going to find one discrepancy between this administration and the previous administration, that fortunately would be it. This administration did pledge that if individuals are using medical marijuana compliant with the laws of their state, that the federal government, for the most part, would back off. And I'm pleased to say that, in general, this administration has held by that promise. We're disappointed, however, to see that, as you mentioned, in this latest drug control strategy, it's simply more of the same. It calls for more money, mostly to go toward more enforcement, and we're going to continue to see the trampling of civil liberties, and we're going to continue to see the excessive use of force by law enforcement to try and unsuccessfully deter private adult behavior that often occurs absent harm to others. Do you think that the uh, federal government uh, is interested in prosecuting the war on drugs, notwithstanding its abysmal failure from every point of view, human life, morality, taxpayer dollars, failure uh, of objective, however you want to look at it, it's a dismal failure. Paul, do you think that they really want to keep doing this because they want to keep jobs for DEA agents, budgets flowing in the direction of various uh, law enforcement entities, things for these federal cops to do? Well, most certainly you're right. The war on drugs has been an incredible job creation program for law enforcement, for federal bureaucrats, for certain state agencies. You know, 30, 40 years ago, we didn't even have a U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration. We didn't even have uh, local towns and municipalities being armed with SWAT officers. We simply didn't have these sort of budgets to fund 
these type of organizations. And the only reason they exist today is to carry out the so-called war on drugs, a war that was launched under Nixon 40 years ago with budgets that are really nominal compared to the amount of money that we're spending today. Look, we've arrested over 20 million Americans in this country right. since 1965 just for marijuana, just for marijuana, not even accounting for the other drugs. We are spending an inconsistent amount of taxpayer dollars at the state, federal, and local level, yet we have not dissuaded the use of illicit substances in this country at any time, and even the drug czar will admit to that. Paul, uh, before I let you go, you made some very kind public comments uh, about our work on Freedom Watch with respect to that raid in Columbia, Missouri, uh, and I thank you for them. We'll keep watching that story, and we won't hold our breaths waiting for the feds to indict those cops for the violations of the civil liberties of the people that lived in that house. Paul, thanks for joining us. Thank you.